Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 242 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk about wisdom and truth in light of fear and anxiety. Let's dive in. Over the last several episodes, we've been talking about fear and anxiety. And I don't know about you, but as you look at culture today, there is so much bait to give into fear and worry and trepidation and fretting and foreboding. Well, we've looked at several different key ideas. We looked at why you don't have to fear and how not to be anxious about anything. We talked about four ways to solve fear and anxiety in your life practically. And I love the idea back in episode 238, looking at the fact that God himself gives us his name as the God of peace, that he is Shalom itself. Well, in this particular episode, I just wanted to kind of go on that theme one more episode and look at this idea of how wisdom and truth is related to the concept of fear, worry, and anxiety. As many of you know, I teach at Ellerslie Discipleship Training. And right now on our campus, we have the Arise Collective Theater who have come to produce their Pilgrim musical. And it is so profound. It is so good. And if you ever had the chance to see Pilgrim the Musical by Arise Collective Theater, you need to go. In fact, they're heading to Branson, Missouri in May of 2022 this year. And so if you're anywhere near Branson, Missouri, I would so highly encourage you to get a ticket for that show. They're actually free. They just kind of do a donation basis for their tickets. But it is so good. It is so profound. And even though I've seen it count, <laughs> I've seen it so many times, but it is it never grows old. In fact, I, I keep finding myself uh, getting teary-eyed and just deeply stirred by this incredible story. And I'll put a link to their website in the show notes. So if you're interested in getting a ticket for the Branson shows or being interested in looking to see if they come to you somewhere near you in the upcoming year or years, uh, then there'll be a link to do that. But they've been on campus and it's been really neat. Early in the mornings, all of the men of the show have been gathering together and we've just been doing kind of a Bible study together. And one of the things that Troy, uh, one of the leaders of a Rice Collective Theater, 
has been having all the men do is just we've been reading through the book of Proverbs together, just been discussing and just pressing each other, sharpening, if you want to use that iron sharpens iron language, uh, through the book of Proverbs. And over the last several days, it's just been a profound reminder in my own soul of how important gaining wisdom and truth is in our lives. In fact, the first several chapters of the book of Proverbs is all about that idea of the blessing and the benefit of gaining wisdom, of seeking understanding, to hold tight to this idea of just knowing God. For example, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 15, listen to what Solomon says in terms of this idea of gaining or seeking after wisdom. And he says about wisdom that wisdom is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. In other words, the greatest thing for you to gain is wisdom. The greatest thing for you to seek after is this idea of understanding. Now, we know that in the fullest sense, Jesus is is wisdom, that, that he is that which the wisdom has been pointing to in the book of Proverbs. But yet, isn't it interesting that as you're walking through this concept of wisdom, wisdom is always associated with who God is. For example, the fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom. So as you begin to look at this idea of wisdom and understanding, it seems like the book of Proverbs is not talking about an abstract thought. It's not talking about a, just have a whole bunch of information and, you know, have Google at your fingertips whenever you have a question. It It's not that kind of wisdom and understanding. There's actually a deepening, a, a resting, a uh, imbibing in your own soul, this depth of wisdom. In fact, there's a, even a circular concept that I just found really intriguing. For, for example, in chapter one, verse seven, again, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And yet in chapter two, verse five, it says that seeking wisdom brings about the fear of the Lord. So <laughs> do I go after the fear of the Lord first so that I have wisdom? Or do I go after wisdom, which brings about fear of the Lord And I think the ultimate answer is, well, just go after it and you'll gain both. But again, think of this idea that wisdom and understanding is always being associated with God and his words. When you look at chapter two, verse one, it says, my son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you. And then he starts saying, hey, you will receive a benefit If you do that, if you make your, uh, this is verse two, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. Well, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, verse four, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. What an incredible promise. As you jump down into chapter two, verse 10, wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. In other words, wisdom is not just a mental thing. It is to really rest into the very depths of who we are. Well, we were looking at chapter three this morning and I just, it was a profound thought to me and it's so simple. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you ever had those moments where you like, you have this brilliant idea and the more you think about it, you're like, well, <laughs> it's brilliant in its simplicity. <laughs> but here was the thought I had. It would be utterly foolish and stupid not to seek after wisdom. And there is kind of a funny pun in that whole thing, because obviously 
If you're not seeking after wisdom, you are a fool. And yet, according to the book of Proverbs, the greatest thing that we are to go after, the greatest thing that we should seek is wisdom. Again, not concept, not information. We're actually seeking the Lord and his words. That we are to imbibe his words, that we are to ingest his words, we are to meditate and ponder and live in and live from God's life and God's words. And when we have that, we will find that it is more precious to us than even the richest of gold or jewels, as chapter 3, verse 15 says. But the psalmist in Psalm 19 says the same thing, that, that the word of the Lord is more valuable than the greatest treasure, even gold refined. And yet nothing, again, Proverbs 3, 15, nothing you desire compares with her. There is no amount of success. There's nothing that you could desire and crave that even compares with the wisdom of the Lord in your life. Now, we live in a culture that is so full of information, yet so lacking wisdom. And I was just personally just deeply stirred by chapter 3, verse 21 through 24 this morning. And so as we were just discussing, we were just talking through some things that really stood out and God was kind of giving insight in chapter three on, I, I in my own Bible was just kind of making some notes and said, isn't it interesting that in these couple of verses, verses 21 through 24, the, the writer of Proverbs, Solomon gives six benefits to seeking wisdom and discretion is what he calls it. So let me just read these verses and I want to unpack this and tie it into this idea of fear and worry that we've been talking about in the last several episodes. So Solomon says in verse 21 of chapter three, he says, my son, let them speaking about the the knowledge, the wisdom, the words of the Lord, let them not vanish from your sight. In other words, you're to keep them in your perspective. He goes on and says, keep sound wisdom and discretion. That word keep has this idea of to guard and to protect. So ponder what Solomon is saying. He says that the wisdom of the Lord, that the word of the Lord is constantly to be in our perspective. They're constantly to be in our mind, in our sight, in, in, in the forefront of our, of our lives. And we are to guard and keep it. In other words, we are to protect this wisdom and this discretion. Then he gets into the benefits. So in verse 22 through 24 of chapter 3 of Proverbs, he lists six distinctive benefits if we keep and guard that wisdom. And he says in verse 22, so they will be like life to your soul and adornment to your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. So Solomon is saying, if you keep wisdom and the word of the Lord at the forefront of your life, if you keep it in sight and you really put a guard about it so that you would keep it in your life. In other words, not just esteem it, but actually keep it and obey it. Then there's these six benefits. Now, again, the book of Proverbs gives far more benefits than just these six. But in this little passage, he gives six. And again, he gives life to your soul, a dormant to your neck. Your walk will be secure. Your foot will not, will not stumble. You will not be afraid and your sleep will be sweet. And I just thought that was so interesting in light of this series that I've been on in terms of fear and worry and anxiety. In other words, when we keep wisdom in our life, when we obey wisdom, when we heed it and keep it at the forefront of our lives, 
then, Pro- then Proverbs says, when you lie down, in other words, when you go to sleep, which is, it is interesting that that is when we are most vulnerable. There, there's no protection in our life when we're sleeping. We're helpless. And so Solomon says, hey, when you are at your most desperate, when you're at your most weak point, when you are most helpless, you will not be afraid and your sleep will be sweet. So how is it possible that in our most vulnerable moments, when, when we are most vulnerable to the, the world around us, when we're at our weakest, how is it possible for us not to fear and for sleep to be sweet? Well, it's because we've kept the wisdom in our lives that we've gained after, we've sought after. Our, our thirst is for God himself and his word. So let me make this practical. Have you done that in your life? Do you find that your sleep at night is sweet? Or are you staying up late at night because of all the fear and the worry and the stress and the anxiety? I've noticed those times in my life where I don't sleep well. It's often because my mind is going a thousand miles a minute and I'm I'm pondering, oh, I shouldn't have said that to that person. Oh, I should have had this conversation with this person. Oh, I should have done this. And oh, what about that? And oh, there's that news article I saw. And oh, there's that report and and when my mind is just thinking and being flooded by all the things and the negativity and all the stress and all the culture and economics and family and whatever it may be, well, it's really hard to sleep. And yet, if I would put God and his word, if I would seek his wisdom in my life, if I would keep it at the forefront of my being, well, then God says that my sleep will be sweet, that there will be no reason to be afraid. If I could just be vulnerable for just a second, for the sake of illustration, uh, right now I live by myself. But over the last summer, I had this really sweet couple living at my house, Dan and Sandy McConaughey. And I love Dan and Sandy to death. They're like another set of parents to me. They're so full of wisdom. I just, I really treasure the time of having them stay at my house for about four or five, six months. And it's interesting. Dan has a background in special forces. Dan carries... Uh, a gun, Dan, Dan, I mean, Dan is a, he's a man's man. He's like Chuck Norris, but better. I mean, <laughs> he's just the guy. And it was interesting, you know, while he's at my house, there was great rest. If I heard a strange noise in the house, I didn't worry about it. I'm like, Dan's here. <laughs> I don't have to worry about anything. If And I usually check the doors, you know, before I go to bed and, and Hey, that's, I didn't have to worry about the doors because Hey, we had Dan McConaughey at the house. It's interesting, after Dan and Sandy left, there was this, again, a, a fresh realization of like, okay, I'm vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have Dan staying at my house. And so I was checking the doors and, you know, if I heard a noise, I'd be like, oh no, what's, you know, what's going to happen? And it's interesting. I've been kind of changing my routine over the last couple of months. And usually right before bed, I, I've always had a evening routine, but I've kind of changed all of that. And I've spent about the last hour just meditating upon the word and reading through scripture and, you know, have a cup of tea going on and, and I'll just sit there and I'll just ponder the life of Jesus and read through the word. And, and it has been so rich to end my day. So I have a morning routine where I'm in the word and that's, that's wonderful, but I've been ending my day slightly different than I've normally done in the past. Usually my bulk of my reading study time is in the morning, but I've added this just time of meditating upon the word in the evening. And it's been so fascinating. And I, I, 
it wasn't a conscious thought of like, okay, here's going to be a benefit in my life. But as I've been sitting, drinking a cup of tea and, and just reading and just making notes in, in my, in, in, in my Bible late at night, it, it's interesting. It's dark outside. There's all these weird noises that have been creeping around for some reason, <laughs> but there's been no fear. In fact, I'll be sitting there and I'll just kind of be smiling going, you know, if someone busted in the house right now, I would probably just casually get up and be like, hey, welcome. You know, would you like a cup of tea as well? And and I can't explain the, the weird change that's been in my mind or in my life, but where there used to be like this, and it wasn't fear in the normal sense, but there was just this low level of like, oh, what's that noise? Oh, do I need to, you know, double check the house to make sure it's all secure? Now there's just this rest of saying, Lord, I trust you. And Lord, hey, whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm in. Why? Well, I actually think it's because I've been meditating upon his word late at night. And again, I think it goes to this passage that when we keep wisdom, when we keep God and his word at the forefront of our hearts and our minds, he promises that when we lie down and when we're at our most vulnerable, that we will not be afraid and that our sleep will be sweet. So if I can encourage you, if, if you're finding that you're having a hard time sleeping at night, or if you are full of fear and anxiety, or if, if you're just kind of lost in the news cycles of what if and what about and, and looking at all the stuff that's happening around the world, is it possible that we're not actually spending enough time focusing upon God and his word? Because the promise is nothing that we desire is going to be comparable to the wisdom that we find in God's word. Nothing will satisfy us like God and his word. That his wisdom should be the thing that we seek after the most. And as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, seek, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. In other words, there's no reason to worry or fret or have trepidation if you were seeking God and his righteousness. And I just was ritually blessed this morning looking at this idea that when I seek after truth and wisdom, which ultimately is Jesus, hey, when I pursue the Lord and, and when I'm keeping his word at the forefront of my life, there actually is no reason to fear. In fact, he will make my way secure. And so the great simple profundity of, <laughs> of this day in my life has been, it would be utterly foolish for me not to pursue wisdom. And as I read through Proverbs, there is blessing after blessing after blessing for those who seek wisdom, for those who pursue God and his word. And maybe just as a way to wrap up this concept, I want to read you a passage that I know you are quite familiar with, which is Psalm 91. And again, I want you to see this in light of the fact of pursuing God, truth, and wisdom. That when I pursue intimacy with Jesus, when, when I pursue God and his righteousness, then actually he lays a security. He becomes my stronghold. He becomes my fortress, regardless of what is swirling around me. So listen to Psalm 91. This, this is verse one. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. And pause right there. Isn't it interesting that you have to dwell or abide in the shelter and you are to be or abide in the shadow of the almighty, which demands closeness and proximity. It demands intimacy. 
if I'm going to stand in someone's shadow, I have to get close to that person. If I'm going to dwell in their shelter, in, in their tent, well, that means I'm going to have to have a closeness and a relationship with the one in whom I dwell in. So the whole psalm then is based on this idea of closeness and intimacy. It's the one of of whom I abide in. It's the one in whom I pursue. And when that happens, listen to what the psalmist says. So again, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Now listen to how the psalm closes. It closes with this idea of intimacy and closeness again. And it switches perspective. And God is the one now speaking to that person who is dwelling in in his shelter and abiding in his shadow. And this is what God says. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with a long life. I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Isn't it a profound thought that the security, that the the lack of fear, the boldness comes through intimacy with the living God. That if you want to walk without fear, if you want to walk without worry and trepidation and foreboding, if you want to stand secure in the midst of the culture in which we are living, it requires us to keep our gaze steadfast upon the living God. It requires us to be in intimate communion with him and seeking his life, his righteousness above all things. And when we do, we have no reason to be afraid. Because as we mentioned in the last episode, he has promised to never, ever, ever leave or forsake us. Would you stand upon that promise? And if you find yourself in kind of a sinking sand or a shifting, you know, kind of a boat upon the waters, and you're like, well, I'm... I I want to be fearless. I I want to stand secure in the midst of the culture in which we live. Would you come back to the word? Would you seek him through his word? Would you delight and pursue wisdom? Again, not just information and facts, but pursue the one who is wisdom itself. Would you pursue knowledge, not facts and information, but the one who has all knowledge? And again, I'm not looking for something to get from God. I'm looking to gain God. I want him in relationship 
and intimacy. And it's as I dwell in his tent, it's as I abide in his shadow, it's as I keep him in the forefront of my mind, it's when I delight and pursue him through his word, well, I discover that there is no reason to be afraid. We as Christians can stand bold and confident and fearless in these days, not because of our ability, not because of of our natural inclination, not because we've somehow have a special secret. It's because we have an amazing almighty God living within us. Would you delight in his word afresh? Would you turn your gaze from the news cycles? Would you turn your gaze from all the headlines? And would you get your face in scripture? Hey, would you delight? Would you meditate? Would you ponder? Would you just delight yourself in his word? Because it is the word that sanctifies our life, that God uses his word in our lives to bring about a greater measure of his life. Or as Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. We need to keep our eyes, our minds, and our hearts fixed upon the truth, which is the word of God in text, the Bible, but it's also a person, the word of God in person, Jesus Christ. Would you delight yourself in truth? Would you surround yourself with truth and wisdom? Because that is the only thing that will bring about a fearlessness in your life. In short, we need Jesus in this hour. Oh, may we pursue him mightily with all that we have, for our Lord is more precious than jewels and nothing we can desire compares with him. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 242 for episode 242. And until next time, know I'm standing with you, I'm praying for you and cheering you on as you build your life around the one who is all truth and all wisdom, Jesus Christ. See you next time.